0: you like tacos let's taco about politics let's taco about things that really matter in america you're listening to the nacho show podcast hello and welcome to the nacho show this is ignacio valdez uh bringing you the best uh, talk conservative uh, conservative talk show Uh, Here for America and the world. Uh, This show is uh, brought to you by Fed by Ravens Media. And also, this show is sponsored by Solidify Web. Let's uh, build a website for you today. Uh, Also, uh, it's sponsored by Brickstone Potato, the Trump Tater Tater. And uh, we are super excited to have all of you here. Uh, It is definitely Uh, Fantastic. Well, you know, regardless of what exactly is going on with our country, and and, uh, it is really messing things up. So uh, I just wanted to um, bring up one thing here really quick, uh, just kind of like in the breaking news. Uh, Yesterday, Mr. Grandpa Joe Slow Blow (laughs) Biden. Oh, my gosh! how incredible that is! Oh my goodness! He wants to force every single American to obtain the vaccine, even though you don't need it. This would include children, adults, uh senior uh, seniors and everything. so so uh in an article recently by the Associated Press. Uh, in his most forcible pandemic actions and words, President Joe slow blow Biden on Thursday orders sweeping new federal vaccine requirements for as many as 100 million Americans. The private sector employees as well as healthcare workers and federal contractors in all out effort to curb the surging Chinese virus Delta variant. Speaking at the White House, Biden sharply criticized the tens of millions of Americans who are not yet vaccinated, despite months of availability and incentives. And uh, then Joe uh, Joe Biden says, we've been patient, but our patience is wearing thing. From who? From the left? And he says, and your refusal has cost all of us, he said. All but biting off his words, the unvaccinated minority can cause a lot of damage, and they are. Joe Biden, you are the ones. You are the one <laughs> that's causing all the damage in this country. Republican leaders and some union chiefs too said Biden was going too far in trying to muscle private companies and workers, as certain sign of legal challenges to come. Government Henry McMaster of South Carolina said in a statement that Biden and the Radical Democrats have thumbed their noses at the Constitution. While American Federation of Government Employees National President Everett Kelly insisted that changes like this should be negotiated with our bargaining units where appropriate. Uh, I really don't appreciate Joe Biden really being that uh, aggressive in in this uh, type of measure. You cannot mandate a vaccine on anybody i and I'm gonna tell you one thing yes the the virus exists and it's out there it's definitely killing a lot of people, but you cannot force something that really is not affecting as many people as you think it is um on the other hand, there were strong words of praise for Biden's efforts to get a, the nation vaccinated from the American Medical Association, the National Association of Manufacturers at the Business roundtable, though no direct mention of his mandate for private companies. Why would that be? The expensive rules mandated that all employers with more than 100 workers require them to be vaccinated or test for the virus weekly affecting about 80 million Americans and the roughly 17 million workers at health facilities that receive federal Medicare or Medicaid also will have to be fully vaccinated. Well, one thing, I mean, if everybody needs to be vaccinated, I wonder when people in Congress will be vaccinated. I wonder, is he vaccinated? I don't know. I don't think he is um members of his cabinet vaccinated i wonder if they really are or not so i have i have no idea i I really i I really am very ticked off about this and uh we are going to be talking to a very special guest here in a little bit uh we're going to ask you about infiltration in the educational system In our country, uh, and well, especially in our state, the state of Utah, Um, and uh, it it is very concerning. The things that are going on right now are super concerning to us as citizens, and it's not even fun. It's not even fun. Um, uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I really think that we are in a very bad track, and as I commented before in the past... Are we ready to really put in force our Second Amendment rights the way that it should be intended, uh, which is which is um, against our own government? So, so yeah, I really, I really don't get it. Uh, you know, things uh, are really not, not up to no good, and then I really uh, have the hoping in God that we um, we can definitely. Uh, are able to defend ourselves and uh, all right well I, and like I mentioned guys today we do have a very special guest with us uh, her name is Natalie Klein and uh, she is a part of the board of education uh, in in our uh, Utah educational system uh, welcome Natalie how are you
1: thank you I'm doing great how are you
0: I'm doing fantastic. Well, and and I feel fantastic, and I feel very honored, really, to have you here in my show. Um, and and the reason why I say that is because I've I've seen what you have been doing, and you really are a true American, and you are a fighter, and I support you and I salute you for things that you have been doing um and yeah so so welcome
1: thank you so much that means the world to me i'm I'm grateful for for so many that have that have reached out and um, expressed their support Uh, all of us we're all americans it doesn't matter what color race ethnicity what our background is um we're all americans and and that's what i'm trying to get back to
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And and one thing that I was going to man- mention folks is the fact that um, I feel very honored to have her in my show because um, I saw that KSL was trying to get an interview with her, uh, but then that didn't happen. So she accepted to be in my show. So I, <laughs> uh, from the bottom of my heart, Natalie, I, I do appreciate that. And uh, I thank you so much. Thank you oh, so much. You're welcome.
1: I just think it speaks to where we're at. Um, yes. There's not a lot of truth being told when it comes yeah. to mainstream media. and so
0: Exactly. I was interviewed by uh, ABC4 um, a couple of months ago about uh, CRT. And they only picked up a couple of sentences from me on the video and they yep. cut out everything else. I'm like, yeah, no, no,
1: <laughs> completely misrepresenting. Yeah. That's why I, I spoke to one earlier this year and uh-huh. we had a great, like 45 minute discussion. It was wonderful. And he, you know, I was under the, they were, t- I was told it was they were going to air the whole thing. And I got like wow. 40 seconds of like craziest little clips that then they twisted by how they framed it. So,
0: wow. That's the media like, for uh, you. <laughs> but anyway, uh Natalie, um so l- let's go ahead and, and and talk a little bit more. Can you just give us a very brief um background um about you uh and uh, how many years you you worked in in the educational system and then uh what what is your uh what is your perception of what is going on um within our educational system within the state?
1: Okay. So, I'm I'm a mother of four children that are now grown. Um, three of them are married. I've got six little beautiful grandbabies um, that have come really fast the last couple of years. Wow. Um, but it, so that's who I am at my heart. I'm, I'm a mother. That's all I ever wanted to be. Uh, I never had any political ambitions, um, but I started paying attention to what was going on and was deeply concerned because I, I see it as an attack on the family a, an attack on faith, and, and an attack on freedom. I mean, everything that we hold dear. Absolutely. And so I couldn't just sit on the sidelines anymore and not do something. Um, I, I started uh, really getting educated back in 2010. Um, after I finished my nursing degree, I was able to start studying other things and started realizing all the lies that we've been told um, that are leading us, that have led us to where we are now. And um, I felt very compelled to follow that, course I ended, that, that path ended up taking me to the United Nations on three different occasions oh, wow. um, where I got to the what I see as the root of the problem um, with these globalist agendas and, and these activist organizations that you know, the United Nations is their stomping grounds. And so to sit in their in, in those rooms with um, these activists, uh, globalist um, elites that are trying to social mm-hmm. engineer our world and listening to them plan and strategize about how they were going to do this Yeah, uh, when they are among other like-minded people and they think they're safe to just say whatever they want. Um, yeah. And they just tell you straight up what it is they're doing. And so um, people can say I'm crazy, but I've heard it with my own ears. I've sat in those rooms with them. You know, where they're on the screen, it says abortion for all. And the oh, whole room, applaud, you know, erupts in applause, you know, and you just uh, go, wow, is this for real? Um, yeah. Um, and, and to sit in a room full of all trans people, a meeting just for trans, and to hear them talk about how they're going to, how they will not stop until this is in every classroom in America. That's when I heard that and I realized what they were doing and how subversive it was, and how they laughed and joked about how they were playing the people. I thought, No way, no way, are you not on my watch? I'm not gonna just let you take down all of our kids, um, with this subversive um, ideology where you're trying to convert them and indoctrinate them. So, I that's when I started really paying attention to education, and when I realized that it's at the local level where that. Last firewall is, and ultimately, it's the parents who are the last firewall because the way things are organized and the money that flows that requires schools to to take on these programs um, that are pushing the agenda. Um, parents are the last mm-hmm. line of defense when it comes wow. to that. And if we lose our kids, we lose our we lose everything. Um, Agree. So that's how I got involved. That was 2015 when I heard that. Um, and I've been back a couple times um, since then, and it's just more of the same. And I realized this was coming hard, and it was coming fast. Mm-hmm. And uh, when the seat for my school board position op- um, was up, the gentleman that was there before me, he he had voted to support keeping things up on our USBE website that were Mm -hmm. harmful to kids, the comprehensive sexuality education materials um, Mm -hmm. that we we stopped during legislation. We didn't let that pass, and yet somehow it still found its way onto the teacher resources, giving the illusion that they had permission to teach it, and the board voted whether to leave it up or take it down when we realized it was there until they could come up with a vetting process, and he, along with the majority of the board, voted to leave it up. I thought, hey, we need someone in there that's going to stand up and speak out for our kids, and, and nobody else was running. I tried really hard to find other people, but <laughs> I didn't want to be that person. But ultimately, um, God okay. made it clear that that's what He had been preparing me for.
0: So here I am. Exactly, exactly, and and thank you. I, I just can't, you know, um, express uh, enough, you know, my my feelings and, and my support about what you have been doing. Uh, and as far as your comments is concerned, I mean, there's so much to talk about. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to tell you something, you know, uh, I am a dad, I have three kids, uh, and they're small kids, you know, I'm I'm a 40 year old diabetic Hispanic guy. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, and I was telling our producer here early, um, earlier, um, before our conversation, um, I came to the United States of America. Um, and I have always wanted to be here, and uh, I wanted to speak English. I wanted to be part of part of the society here, and I wanted to contribute to the USA. Um, and running away from politics and policies uh, uh, of corrupt, very corrupt governments, and there—that's just an, another. That's going to be like three or four more hours, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> to, to talk about that. But it, it looks like it's just chasing me around. Yeah. yeah and, uh, I, and now I'm here where I wanted to be, you know, throughout my whole life. And it's just uh, coming back to me somehow. And I'm not going to allow it. And you, you, you are here with me in, the, in my show. And I'm telling you, uh, this is my intention. I will defend it, the Constitution of the United States of America with my life if it's necessary. Because this is my home sweet home. Um, and I am very proud of what you have been doing. But anyway, so we, it, it brings me to to, to the next uh, um, to the next thing here. Uh, I am a concerned parent. Uh, two of my children are currently in in the elementary. Uh, I have a ten year old and I have a six year old. Uh, they are children. They do not understand sex. They don't understand. The, um, all of those things that us, uh, us as adults understand their minds are tender and their minds are just ready to start learning little by little. When a baby is born, you're not gonna give them a steak to eat, you give them milk, all right. When a child is starting to learn and develop their brain, and I'm not expert, you know, I'm not a scientist, you know, or whatever the left, you know, they, they always proclaim that they are. It's just all common sense. And uh, and Utah, being a very conservative um it's it, it, legislators, and I'm going to be very open with this, and I don't care. Legislators are being poisoned in their minds about introducing fallacies into our school environment for our children. And that includes the LGBT agenda, and that includes the uh, CRT Um uh, that in the critical race theory. There's nothing critical about that. I'm sorry, but there there's nothing about <laughs> nothing critical about it because it's not the only well, critical
1: thing- using a different definition, meaning it's looking at the negative of everything.
0: Right, right. It, they yeah, they just take it off to that side. So um, you have been receiving currently uh, um, lots of backlash about um you know and, uh, about this you know and the media are all uh, after uh, and, and not just after you it's after us that that we proclaim the truth and the common sense uh about um uh well i don't know it's just going and i don't i don't know it's just so so many things that are currently going on that i have not enough words to kind of express that so can you can you tell okay we're gonna we're gonna go on a on a little break here and uh after in in our next segment uh, i would like for you to uh to tell us uh how uh the board um is currently acting uh as far as stopping which i mean i, I don't know you, you you'll tell us if they're planning on 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 stopping from uh c r t and all those fallacies to get into our educational system or not and uh, I would like to know uh, how many people are are with you you know uh, trying to stop this and because like I said if this is very concerning uh, I'm a Utah and I'm an American so um, if we have a um, we're gonna have a, a little a, a little commercial break here and uh, when we come back we will go ahead and get to the next segment you remember you are watching the Nacho Show. This uh, show is brought to you by Fed by Ravens Media and Solidifyweb.com. We will be right back. Welcome back uh, to our next segment of the Nacho Show. Uh, this is Ignacio Valdez. Uh, and this uh, show is brought to you by Fed by Ravens Media. And also, uh, this uh, show is being sponsored by Solidify Web. Let's build the website for you today. And uh, Brixton Potato, the Trump Tater Tater. And uh, we are so thrilled to have Natalie Klein here. So Natalie, can you please uh, um, talk to us more about uh, how the, what are the current <laughs> functions of the Board of uh, Education um, uh, in the state of Utah? And uh, uh, can, you, uh, can you develop a little bit more about that?
1: Okay. So are you specifically regarding critical race theory?
0: Yes. Okay. Uh, c- critical race theory and also the LGBT agenda.
1: Okay, so uh, back in June, the board passed a new rule. Um, it was a it's a professional learning rule, so for teacher trainings on equity, uh, educational equity. Uh, the first draft, when it was first drafted, it was the professional learning rule on equity, diversity, and inclusivity, which it was a pro CRT rule to, t- mm-hmm. to train teachers in this. Um, but the timing of it was such that uh, it it was brought to us just a couple weeks. Uh, it was introduced to the board members for our consideration just a couple weeks after the big diversity training that we had to sit through, along with the charter boards, and, and that that video and the slides got put out there and leaked to the legislators um, who and the public and the public freaked out. <laughs> um, wow. And it's understandable why, if you've seen it. I mean, it's full-on critical race theory. The people that were watching it came away thinking, they're they're saying, I'm racist. Every one of them felt accused uh, because they're white. Um, And, I mean, it included the white supremacy pyramid that was just found in uh, Google's employee training. Uh, So Utah's right up there with the rest of them. As far as pushing this and, and that training, that diversity training was given by our new equity director at the Utah State Board of Education, um, and it caused such concern that parents wrote their legislators um, by the hundreds or thousands. I don't know, but the, the legislators felt um, compelled to act on it. They tried to run an anti-CRT uh, bill in the special um, the special session. But the governor decides what goes on that agenda, and he wouldn't allow it on, even though he made a public video saying, I'm not for CRT. Uh, but, you know, you we don't really know what it is. But he <laughs> wouldn't put it on the agenda. So, so the legislators called their own extraordinary special session, the first one ever of its kind. And mm-hmm. instead of passing uh, legislation that the, that the governor could veto, they, the House and the Senate passed or ran identical resolutions SR-901 and HR-901, to um, tell the board, the mm-hmm. school board, to deal with this issue. Because based on the Utah Constitution, um, it requires the, – the board is in charge of the general control and supervision of the education system. And so they okay. punted it to us. Um, and we – so that, that original professional learning rule – Um, That was a pro CRT rule. Suddenly, got switched um, and and retweaked to look like an anti CRT rule, um, where they included the three main tenets that had been that the legislators had in their resolutions um, to combat. You know, three of the main tenets of critical race theory that you know Uh says that um, one one uh, race is is superior to another. Um, or inferior to another, another one that says, you know, people, we can't be um, guilty for something that our ancestors did. Um, you know, mm-hmm. a few of those main tenets, which are good, right? So it looked like an anti-CRT resolution. Well, uh, the drafter of the original bill and the one that re-crafted it, um, mm-hmm. after it passed in June, uh, he, ex- he was invited to go explain it to the Jordan School Board. And that's a, a public YouTube video you can pull up on, their, on the oh. Jordan School Board's YouTube page and watch his explanation in July in their July meeting on what this rule does and what it means for the teachers and administrators, what they can expect as, the, as a result of this passing. Um, and in the end, he said, basically, it doesn't do anything. You can keep doing things the way you've been doing it. And this was a huge slap in the face to all the parents that have been showing up for months now at their board meetings yeah. explaining the problems with the things that their kids are being taught in the class. And here the director of the rule is saying, it's fine, you know, it doesn't change anything. Keep doing it the way you're doing. So, and he, in his explanation, explained how he worked with our access committee, which is um, an advice, it's, an, it's our equity team at the state level, the state board level um, that advises board members on what we need to implement. And they're the ones since last fall have been pushing this hard, critical race theory ideology on us um, through, you know, making us uh, write a resolution denouncing racism and embracing equity, which we did in January. Luckily we were able to get better language in there. So it wasn't completely Mm -hmm. subversive, but they got enough in there that now that's one of the things they're using as a club over my head to silence me and saying. You can't do this because it's in our resolution. Um, I just want to be clear. I took an oath to support and defend the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of Utah, not a resolution or a strategic plan or um, any other bureaucratic document that goes against the Constitution. So that's why I'm speaking out, and they don't like it. They're trying to silence me by using those other documents that – are not what we took an, an oath to defend. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: in during July, there was a 30-day public comment period about the rule in which I started um, educating people on what this rule would and would not do. Um, mm-hmm. It won't stop critical race theory. It hasn't stopped it. We can see now that school is back in, it is full steam ahead, um, and we have more stories being reported than ever in spite of us passing a rule that supposedly to stop it. But the drafter of the rule said they, that he worked with this, the access committee and, and carefully crafted it. He said that, the, that a rule is made or broken in the definition section and that how they took caref- they wrote the definitions in the rule very carefully. There's very, but if you look at it, there's very few, and they're very vague those definitions. But if you look at other rules we've created where, Mm -hmm. you know, we are holding schools or other entities accountable for like monetary, um, issues, those Mm -hmm. rules go, or the definition section goes on for pages. They get very, very detailed and explicit. So they can be very detailed when they want, and they can be very, they can be strategically ambiguous and vague when they want so that they, and, and that's done intentionally. Uh so that they can create loopholes for all their rules. Um, uh, The guidance, go ahead. I can just keep going. So you feel free to interrupt.
0: That's fine. And uh, I apologize if I interrupted. Uh, But how many, I just have so many questions, Natalie, uh, and this could definitely take four hours um, because I have so many questions. So, One of the basic questions for for me to understand this would be, uh, how many people are currently at the board? And uh, is this agenda being brought at the federal government? Or are we just adopting an agenda that is, and who who is implementing the agenda uh, to to help these regulations?
1: So there are 15 members on the board. And if you were to ask any one of them, if they are for critical race theory, I would Uh, I would guess that they would all say they are against critical race theory. If you were to ask them what critical race theory is or how, what it looks like in the schools, Mm -hmm. they would likely say it's not being taught or because their understanding of it is different. Um, They're either ignorant to what it is and how it actually looks uh, because in the schools, they don't call it critical race theory. It's, it's, the ideology, and you have to understand the ideology to be able to recognize it, and you have to understand the language of critical race theory to recognize it embedded in all of the education literature and the trainings, because it's it, it's been there for, for quite a long time. I have a, a friend that moved here seven years ago, and she said it was here when she got here. She's a teacher, and she refused to let our schools have her kids. So she teaches in public, but her kids go to private because she thought she was floored. She thought she was coming to the land of uh, conservatism. Right. conservatism. I can't right. say the word. Um, conservatism. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean. So yeah. um, this, and this is where the problem is, and that's why I've been trying to educate. Uh, that's why I brought forward my amendment uh-huh. to the rule when because we had to revisit it after the public comment period. It passed in June, we had the 30-day public comment period, and then we had an opportunity to amend it based on public comment. Uh We had over two hours of public hearing, thousands of letters from from constituents, and we still, and most were unhappy with it on both sides uh, because Uh um, the conservatives said it doesn't go far enough, it won't stop it. The others said it doesn't go far enough, it's too restrictive. Wow. So, so, and yet, and, and maybe that's why the board decided not to touch it and leave it exactly the way it was, even though there was an outcry of um, people not happy with it, the way it was written. But regardless, it's in the way it, it, it was originally passed, um, mm-hmm. where the drafter said, you know what, I felt like it was a win-win. The board was good with it. The access committee was good with it. We're all good. But if you know... What the access committee is and what they're pushing, you realize that's a giant red flag that it, nothing's stopping. So, um, getting people aware and that's why I put for my 20-page amendment, which was really just an overhaul of the rule. Mm-hmm. Um, to and I knew it wouldn't pass, but I needed parents and the public to see and read it so they would know what actually would be necessary to make an impact towards stopping this.
0: Right, and uh, I'm telling you, I'm telling you something. My my wife is a is a teacher in high school. Uh, she teaches mathematics. Um, and uh, um, obviously CRT doesn't have to do anything with math. Uh, and uh, their their district uh, chair is really pushing CRT. So so if if we're saying that. Uh, the board, uh, the board of education of the state of Utah, is leaving that alone. They're not touching it. They're not doing anything with that. So then, uh, why do schools in our local districts are starting to adopt that, or why are they, and where do they get the material from?
1: Well, they they're adopting it because it's under different language, and so our rule is the educational equity rule. So if it doesn't, if the training that the teachers are being given doesn't mention educational equity, mm-hmm. um, then they can teach whatever they want in it. But if it wow. does say educational equity, then they have to be willing, then they have to, according to the new rule, share it with parents, share the training with parents if, if parents request it. But there's so much in trainings that isn't called Educational equity—it's called so many other things. In fact, in my in the amendment I put forward, it has a, a few pages uh, lists of words or terms that are used. Um, the news said, "Oh, she's trying to ban all these words." And if they had actually read the amendment, it, that list before the list, it said any of these words, if taught through the lens of critical race theory, may constitute a violation of this rule, meaning. Depending on how they're using the word, if they're using it with the critical race theory um, ideology or definition, uh-huh. then it's a problem. And almost all of those words have been hijacked for, and are being used for critical race theory. Very few of them are innocent anymore. Um, wow. But that doesn't mean you can't teach empathy if you are truly teaching empathy. But um, empathy is being taught uh, I had one parent talk to me just a couple nights ago, said my my daughter or son came home and they were talking about their friend and I couldn't figure out if their friend was a girl or boy. And I asked, well, oh, what is your <laughs> friend? And, she, and he said, well, she is a he, but he wants to be a she. So in order to show empathy, I have to call him that.
0: Oh, my goodness. So
1: you see how they're <laughs> twisting it. Um, yeah. the, the other... Um, in Salt Lake City School District, they're literally segregating the kids by race and ethnicity in order to teach empathy.
0: Wow. No it's
1: shocking, way. and people have no idea. So um, I'm grateful that you give me the opportunity to explain um, yeah. why certain words were included in there. And every every one of those words is loaded with this kind of um, – it's just wow. resting it from its true meaning and definition. And, and as parents and citizens, we think that it means one thing. And, but if those that are pushing the agenda actually mean something very different. And, and that's where the disconnect is. That's why it's easy to slide it in because it sounds great. But you have to ask, what does that mean? Um, you ask where it's coming from. Um, I really believe that we have a lot of um, ignorant people that they're just they're good teachers. They're just busy trying yeah. to keep up with their jobs, right? And be good yeah. teachers. And they're attending the required trainings and doing the required credential um, tests, yeah. tests and um, certification tests. But it's all coming in through those. And the teacher colleges are completely indoctrinating the students. And you, I mean, literally, you cannot graduate from the teacher colleges without i mean the tests are like 80% uh, a measure like an 80% measurement of your ideological views and if you don't answer the questions right you don't pass so either mm-hmm. if you if you're really savvy and wise to this you can lie and just give them the answers that they want in order <laughs> right. to pass but most are not that astute and they become indoctrinated in the process wow so i mean if you go back Uh, it's also coming straight from the Biden administration. Trump tried to help us uh, back in November when he passed an executive order uh, banning these kind of trainings um, in the government. Uh, But then day one of of being sworn in, Biden uh, canceled those and wrote his own executive orders on equity, diversity, and inclusivity, and one on racial equity. And if you read those two orders, Just read them. They're not that long, but they go into great detail um, requiring that schools and companies and, and government entities, that they disaggregate, that they collect tons and tons of data, right, and then they're required to disaggregate by race in order to show disparities or achievement gaps or learning gaps between the different races in order to show or prove that there is systemic racism, because there's inequities in outcomes, mm. right? So then they wow. use this to push all of their agenda. There's all this these inequities. In order to be equitable, we have to, you know, change the playing field or level the playing field and give the historically marginalized or historically underrepresented groups. Mm. Um, We need to elevate them and give them unearned privileges or health benefits Uh in order to make it equal because they've been oppressed all of these years by this system. Mm -hmm. It's keeping them down, right? So that's critical race theory for you, that the system is racist and it needs to be destroyed.
0: Oh, my. I am speechless. Very, very speechless. And and it's a very disturbing uh what i what I hear um, and the analysis of that on what is what the left wants to accomplish um and to destroy our country and uh, I am not going to allow that i mean i don't know what I will have to do if it's either run for office or or something like that I, I don't care you know I will defend this, and it is very. Uh, you know, the system is not racist and I have, I have lived here in, in America. Yes. I have suffered wow. myself, you know, from um, uh, being called names. I've called, I've been called names. I've been called you know, I'm not going to say the words here, um, but I I've had that. And yes, you know, there's people that are racist out there, but I have been, treated fantastically you know for for my more most part of my life here in in america and the system has
1: provided great opportunities for you right you can do anything you can have a voice
0: oh yeah absolutely and what i always tell people they're like why is opera being a billionaire she's black and she's sitting in her like $40 million mansion, all oppressed and crying in, you know, in in her bathtub, you know, with roses and petals.
1: So
0: how is Michael Jordan not uh, the greatest athlete, you know, of the whole times? If he's Black and uh, he he lives in a mansion, what about Michael Jackson? And there are CEOs in corporate America that are Black and uh, they do fantastic, you know, for their companies. So the system is not racist. You here yeah. in America, you can become whatever the heck you want, whenever you want, if you want.
1: If you'll work hard, if you want, be responsible and go after it. But all of those things are being vilified now as signs of whiteness. Uh, you've got—I I had a, a parent from Murray School District. I mean, let me back up. In in Oregon, they just. Re- they just got rid of their graduation test requirements. So you don't have to pass any test to graduate in order to be wow. equitable for these underrepresented or marginalized groups, right? Which is mm-hmm. what is the point of school? Exactly. <laughs> right? But and we there. say, well, that's crazy <laughs> Oregon. But right here in Utah, Murray School District just sent out a new grading scale to all their parents, announced it to the kids at school that. Where a D you, you had to get sixty percent to get a D now you have to get now you can still be in the D range clear down to fifty percent so it's almost it's a 20 point spread for a D so it's like impossible to fail I mean, you have, literally have to do nothing in order to fail oh, wow. and and it, they said they specifically said it's for the sake of equity to be more equitable wow. so they say, Oh, equity is not about equal outcomes. That's not what we mean. It just means giving each child what they need. No, my God. that's a lie. Because otherwise, they wouldn't disaggregate by de- by race, disaggregate the data uh-huh. to to show that there's this inequity. Are are people minority students? Mm-hmm. Do they fare worse? Well. A, that makes sense, but it's not because of their race. It's because right. so many of them are immigrants. There's English second language. If you right. moved, if you moved to France and sent your kids to a French speaking school, they're going to lag behind for a while. Right. While uh, they learn the language. Yeah.
0: Cause it's difficult to learn another language, yeah. another culture, uh, right. different ways of teaching math and, and, and other subjects. Right.
1: There's so, so many other things that go into it. And, and there's different. the economic disadvantages that some of them have. And, Because they're still trying to make their way in America, right? Trying to assimilate and get the language down. And so, yeah, they're going to have to take lower jobs until they can catch up, right? That doesn't mean that they can't catch up. And sometimes it takes a generation, just like all of those that immigrated here in the beginning that came through Ellis Island, right? It's a struggle, but at least they have the opportunity, which in other countries, they don't necessarily have that opportunity. And that's why people come here because they have that opportunity and they know it's going to be a sacrifice and have to work hard, but they'll get there if they stick with it, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. um, there's also the, the policies that have been put in place. Um, if ever there was systemic racism, it comes to the Democrat policies that have incentivized single-parent families um, and and made it so more um, economically advantageous to not have a dad in the home, right? You get all uh-huh. these, the welfare and... Um, but if you have, the, if the father's in the home, you don't get mm-hmm. as much. So it's incentivizing right. these single parent homes or, you know, and, and so that comes with its own set of problems. And it doesn't talk about, you know, a, addiction or divorce or all these different things, abuse that also affect the outcomes, right? That exactly. the school can't fix. And so they're trying to make it look like, everybody's doing well when that's not possible kids come from different backgrounds and teachers help them where they're at they've always done that
0: oh yeah right so it right now they're trying
1: to say that these kids have not been given access or opportunity to a, a quality education which Just isn't true Yeah, Just they've always they're... been given that access and, and opportunity Absolutely. and teachers have always tried to help them where they're at we don't need it suddenly implement equity across the board that's trying that's like saying the teachers have been racist and have treated kids differently like oh you're black you have to go out in the hall while i teach this now
0: exactly but thank you so much natalie i definitely appreciate uh, you being in my show thank you and uh, we will see you guys next week thank you so much thank
1: you